0: Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour Podcast. It's coming to you live this week from the studio, or recorded if you're listening to, of course, on podcast form and not on YouTube. Um, I'm talking cowboy football, so I'm joined by Jake Carlson here. Jake, how's it going?
1: Good. Uh, you are joined live for the old uh, Brett Musker, Musburger fans from my living room. So there, there you we go. go. Nice. <laughs> How'd I, how do I do? I think that I should put a little bit more... Uh,
0: you know? I mean you could get on a little more, but then might have been over <laughs> the top. So we liked where we're at, you know? So good. Or,
1: or then I then I could be just Brent Butt Musberg.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's
1: have easy. Everyone s- can do it.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Have you seen that play? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all were all watching on TV, Brent. All right. Um anyways, with all that being said, we want to preview the Notre Dame game a little bit. Talk about some Oklahoma State recruiting, Lincoln Riley, landed in the SEC. Oh, excuse me. No, at USC, of course. But Spence Ryler getting confused and going to the SEC, but the other USC. And uh, a little bit of college hoops here at the end if we have a moment or two. So, Jake, with that being said, Welcome uh, State finished with a top 25 recruiting class on signing day itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, a better recruiting class than we had last year. And, you know, rated-wise. And yep. it seems like it's... Um, Everyone's really excited. So tell me why you're not, if you're if you're not. I don't know. I'm coming into this. I'm just I asking.
1: Mean, I would say, from what a lot of the stuff I've seen from the the good Oklahoma State uh, beat reporters or whatever you want to call them on Twitter, have said this is probably one of Gundy's best classes. So that's not upset. That's nothing to be upset about, especially if you know if it's getting better every year. Right. If you're like, if every year you're like, this is Gundy's best class, then you're making progress, right? We, we, we can all agree that that's a good thing. But, um, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier about, <clears throat> we felt like we should probably be somewhere in this range every single year. Um, and I, I don't want to take your point away from you. Cause I know you want to bring that part up. Um, but, well, oh and yeah. just in general, because like, you know. I agree with you, but that was your initial point. So, you know, go ahead and go ahead and rebuttal me as we uh, already have yeah, this out a little bit so
0: earlier. My point is that we are Oklahoma State football. We are the third team someone thinks of when they think of the Big 12. You think of Texas and OU, and then you think of Oklahoma State, right? You've yep. got national media sources not pronouncing our name correctly. You know, I mean, Okie State, Okie, you know, whatever, right? Oh, those, mm-hmm. yeah, those pokes or whatever for good and bad right like we're getting more national media attention so they're so everyone's learning we were in the big 12 championship game this year we were i mean a penalty here or there from winning it a you know a couple of inches away from winning it whatever it may be literally. And, yeah literally <laughs> and so i think we're doing so good as a program we only want to see the program do better we only want to see yeah. and talk more about oh well oklahoma state man they they were so incredibly good this year. So how'd they, how'd they capitalize on it, right? How did they do right. in the recruiting? And we we did. We capitalized on recruiting. This was mm-hmm. a season where we didn't really have that big, the highest expectations ever for this team. Coming in, had just lost Chuba Hubbard and Tylan Wallace, or two offensive stars who were injured at the end of last season. But for this yeah, season... Well-
1: what was yeah. the uh, sound? I want to. We got to pull that sound bit of uh, what our what our predictions were for the season. <laughs> oh, I,
0: I, I, had us losing to Texas. I know that I had us losing to Texas, and we, and so, so when I when I bring all this together, right? When I when I kind of provide the backstory, I want to provide it as an element of we are a really good football team. We are not mm-hmm. a continuously <clears throat> excellent football team every single year. I'm not trying to get right. into the good versus great or good versus you know decent whatever. We, we are a top football team in a Power 5 conference. There is no way anyone's saying anything against that. But right. for us to expect to have a top 15 or top 25 recruiting class every single year, year in, year out, I think that's where expectations should be going. I like the expectations of that here going forward. But to say that we should have had that in the past is speaking on a program that's just not, what, that's not where we are today. Jim Knowles, our defensive yeah. coordinator, left to be another D.C. somewhere else. OK, the way we keep DC's, you know, in our building is we have the name and notoriety or we have the money or we have both. And our offense shows up in the last game of the season, not has a lot of issues that we've gone into on previous podcasts. Right. Yeah. So with all with all this being said, cause I want to bring it back to you. I like the expectations going forward. I like that. Hey, we want Gunny to be a better coach. We want him to keep the coordinator, you know, on, you know, on on the house. You know, right, In the deck. <laughs> Um, but I don't think that's where we've been in the past. We've we've seen the past decade has been an incredible rising of Oklahoma State football. Before then, the premier excellent wins, you know, in the 2000 to 2010 was the back to back beating of OU in o two and 2003. In mm-hmm. the past ten years, you, know, you look back twenty if we want to go twenty eleven to twenty twenty one, it's been playing the Big Twelve championship, winning the Big Twelve championship. Um, you know, being a Uh, You know, back, you know, this is is two years now, or excuse me, three years out of those 10, we're going to a New Year's Six Bowl, right? We're moving in the right direction, but Mm -hmm. I don't want us, but I don't want us to go, man, all right, only, you know what I mean? And I know that's not where you're at, but yeah, our expectations are going up, we want more, we want better and better things for Oklahoma State football. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. I'm never going to wish this to do bad, of course, but I also want to bring it with the background information of, we're trending in the right way it's okay if we're not trending in the right way at an exponential growth it's okay if it's mm-hmm. much more linear right i mean it right everything moves linear in college football etc but we've got room we've got we've got room to grow you know we're gonna see a lot of changes here in the next couple of years where i think we could have a top 15 recruiting class or we could have a top 20 you know we could only right. get better um i think and our current I- guys show that too
1: And, you know, the, the part that I guess we don't really know is we've always considered Casey Dunn a really good eye for, for talent just in general, right? We've always considered him able to get probably receivers that should be going elsewhere and not only getting them, but turning them into something that they weren't before. Um, I mean, everyone listening to the podcast knows the names by now. We've, we've said it over, we've said it multiple times. Um, so I wonder, we're still a little, there's a lot of doubts with him as an offensive coordinator, but I don't know how much we can afford to lose him as a coach. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't know how he is as an offensive coordinator, but we know how he is as a coach. Um, I think in in regards to Casey Dunn, to me, the jury's still out a little bit. He hasn't exactly um, been blessed with a lot of – because he, he hasn't had a lack of talent, but he hasn't had the talent the other guys have had. Right. We we can I, – I think he hasn't had the quarterback. Um, he had Tylan, obviously, but he had Tylan for one year and a hurt Tylan. He had Chuba for four games.
0: Half of a season at best. Half of a injured, season at best.
1: Yep. And then injured, an injured Tylan Wall, And injured Chuba, injured Tylan. Um and then he had Spencer Sanders. I, I don't know at this point, you know, the the last couple guys that we've had, they've had an offensive identity. Um and I know I, we were talking about recruiting and then kind of transition to this, but they've had an offensive identity, but I don't I haven't found one with Casey Dunn yet. I'm I'm unsure as to what he's trying to do. But if you look at the people that he's bringing in, he's doing a damn good job. And I think, you know, it I'm not saying we got to go get five stars. I don't think, I don't think any of us are saying that. I don't think that's realistic. I think one probably, I don't know, correct me if it, five years, seven years is probably fair. Right. But. <clears throat> Who was the last five star we had in football?
0: Wait, wait, well, we've only ever had one. It's Bobby wait. Reed with Jenny and Carlson and you know Jenny Carlson and Mike Gundy going. I'm in, I'm forty. No, no, you know that's no that's where that comes. Well, that's where that comes from. That's where that <laughs> no comes relation from.
1: Relation to Jenny Carlson, <laughs> she
0: asked the question of <laughs> right. you know, no, uh, know about about the article, and then he says, but yeah, Uh but, that's the only reason I right. her name because she asked the question, yeah. and then Gundy was defending his five star. Quarterback who wasn't starting, um, yeah.
1: but but it's like I I just find it interesting and a- as great as I think um, we do at developing players, whether that be Rob Glass is still there, right? Yeah. Whether that be Rob Glass, whether that be Casey Dunn, um, whether that be the numerous amounts of running back coaches, offensive line coaches that we've had come through, um, and sometimes go on to be head coaches. Albeit at pretty awful programs, but you know, they they went on to be head coaches. So the one position that you and I both know, and not saying we're gonna go get a five-star, but the one position that we haven't always seen progress is quarterback. And I know our new quarterback coach, Tim Tim Rate. Is that is that my pronoun? I think I'm pronouncing Rat- his name correctly.
0: Yeah, Yeah, sounds right.
1: Uh, Ratay, but he's from Louisiana, so it could be like Radier or I don't know, whatever. Um, I, from what I've seen, he's pretty good. So it, you know, I wonder how he's going to progress through things. Um, but just from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, I think we can do better. I think that's the only thing. I I think we can do better, but I think definitely this year is a step in the right direction.
0: For sure. I, I remember getting excited about three-star guys coming to Oklahoma State, right? I'm I'm, I'm the one dude yeah. of the three of us, you know, when Alexa joins us on the podcast that go, oh, you know what? Like I've got a little bit of hit more history background. You guys have a little bit of the newer insight here. You know, you've got the insight of playing football previously in high school and I do not. Um, even though I have been around high school football because Oklahoma, but regardless here, Like two four seven rankings having Oklahoma State as a top twenty five class is awesome. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it just is. We're now we're third in the Big Twelve, but guess who we're behind? Texas and OU. We beat both of them this year. So what does it matter, right? We're we're continuously putting out guys into the NFL into better spots than they were previously. You know when they came in, and I mean, you know I don't necessarily want to. I'm not going to knock any any team on anything. Right. But mm-hmm. Texas a m number one, overall recruiting rankings this year, right? They've been classes insane. And they, but they've been top 10 for a, for a while.
1: Right. Yeah. And Jimbo's a good recruiter, which we know, but, but my point would be
0: it hasn't shown up on, hasn't shown up, you know, they haven't played in the, you yeah. haven't played in the college football playoffs. Have they gone to the SEC championship game? And I know they have Alabama to go through and LSU to go through. I, I am fully aware but it's not like they've made it through, right? Got Texas having a fifth overall recruiting ranking this year. Okay, well, if you look at the past decade, Oklahoma State versus Texas, well, Oklahoma State wins that. That's just, you know, is how it is, right? And so I don't put well, so much stock into these recruiting rankings as far as, oh, well, we could, you know, because we just, yeah. we, it seems like we find a way to have the guys be better. We find a way to have the guys be just a little bit better or a lot better, whatever it may be. But mm-hmm. Presley, right? Brennan Presley, yeah. who is a key contributor for Oklahoma State, who was sick on the Big 12 championship game, which if he's not, maybe we win. I mean, it was that close. I, I Not necessarily him being that close, but, you know, stuff could have churned or whatever. It was just that close period of a game. He wasn't offered until, like, a bunch of people went, you're not going to offer the in-state Gatorade player of the year? Like, is he not going to go to a Power 5 school? And all of a sudden, he's a real key contributor for the team in his second year so with all of it together we're a really good team we produce really good guys can you imagine if we got a five-star guy would he you know would he be a top 10 draft pick we've had we've had a Mm -hmm. couple top 10 draft picks one being russell kong not too long ago right granted 08s you know a little bit ago but but still it's not as though these guys come in and are the best overall and We've seen it with mm-hmm. we seen it with basketball for half a second here with Cade right Cade Cunningham yeah. with some shooters around him and Farron Flavours um and some others right now I understand that guy mm-hmm. was injured but you know, with other other key recruits didn't didn't be in an Oregon State team in the March Madness right so I I put a lot of it I put a lot of it to like man if this information was coming out to us in March it would weigh a lot more in my mind right? Because it's, all right, we're out completely out of college football season, so now we're talking about college football rankings and recruiting, whatever. But as it stands mm-hmm. right now. I I like, I like the word we're trending a lot, and I think mm-hmm. we can still make make the best of us a weird way to put it, but I still think we're going to have a really great product on the field, because I look yeah. at the top 10 schools here on their recruiting rankings on <laughs> signing day, and I'm going, okay, OU, they just lost their head coach. They only have 15 commits, but they're ranked up there, Michigan. Okay, that makes sense. Then North Carolina, and you know above that is Penn State, and you know then you've got number one overalls A and M. Like, great number two and three are Bama and Georgia, and you know four is Ohio State. But the it's not weighing it's not not a huge thing for me because I am going okay. Well, clearly it doesn't matter that much because A and M's not playing in the cultural Playoffs every school year when they have the number one overall class, you know.
1: Not even winning the SEC.
0: Not even winning the SEC West.
1: Or or coming second in the SEC West. Right. Now they beat Bama. Um, Good for them. They beat Bama. Yeah. But um Well no there was this interesting stat. Um Marshall Levinson tweeted yeah. it out. Um he said the average number of offers from the schools in the top twenty five, two hundred and thirty six. Oklahoma State put out a hundred and thirty one. So We are just not offering as many people one and two, I mean, sample size matters a lot because if you scroll through some of these, I mean, A&M has 25 Bama, 24, Georgia 27, but you know, if you, if you go down to us, we have 17 and no five stars and six, four stars. So. I mean, sample size wise, I wouldn't say we're doing all too bad. And I mean, the school's behind that. We are behind outside of probably like Missouri, um, who usually gets like a random in-state commit from like East St. Louis, who's really good or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because. I do think we're trending in the right direction. I would like to get that five-star and just see how it pans out. Just because I was curious, probably the last five-star that I say we had an adequate chance at was Justice Hill's brother. Yeah. Um, Dax. You know. It was Dax Hill. And it, if I remember correctly, um, we were doing the podcast at that time too. Wasn't it something like we didn't offer him or we didn't like go after him as hard as, we probably should have. Wasn't there something? Several, some several different
0: in reports that we just didn't, we didn't devote that many resources to getting him as, or as much as he wanted or as, you know, justice, you know, his brother wanted us to or whatever. But.
1: Do you know how he did this year?
0: I am looking at it right now. Um, have, Do you know? First,
1: first team all big 10.
0: Which, cool.
1: He would start on in- our, he would start on our <laughs> team. Right, and he's in the playoff too. So, like, right, but but like,
0: uh, but honestly, could our defense have gotten that much better? <laughs> that, that's what I think of when I hear this. Right. right, like, like if we had this guy as wide receiver and he was wide receiver two to Tate Martin or wide receiver one to Tate Martin or whatever, awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. Could he play quarterback for a couple minutes? You know, in a game, probably not. Right, like, <laughs> yeah, would he have? And would he, if he would he have gone? Okay, now that Justice is gone, I'm transferring. Who knows, right? We this is a bunch of just who knows with this. I think of it this way. I think of okay, if I'm looking at this guy, I'm going. His career highs. Okay, he has 11 tackles in one game. He has eight solo tackles in one game. He has half of a sack in a game. He has an interception. He has two fumble recoveries, um, and he has three punt blocks. All of them are three pub blocks in one game, yeah, against Rutgers in November 21st, 2020. And this is all from Michigan's website, so I'm not reading it off. That's like insane, again. though. That's that's wild. <laughs> Rutgers get it together on the punts, okay? <laughs> yeah, you get three sat, punts blocked stat by, the of the day
1: by one person,
0: STD. Um, stat of the day, but <laughs> SOTD. Um, yeah, that sounds better. I mean. <laughs> It does, but no one uses the "of" and, and the acronyms. Anyways, I just w- would. Would he have been the make or break? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, it's just. I, it's just. It's just a bunch of. What ifs that we're gonna play at the end of the day? Would right. Would we rather have Quinn Ewers versus Texas? Oh, for sure. <laughs> like it's not even a question, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, for yeah. sure we would. But would we also? Go okay, well maybe this guy's gonna transfer and whatever because we are Oklahoma State. We're not Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. We're not paying our linemen uh, Our linemen are not getting an NIL deal. That's fifty thousand dollars a year for each mm-hmm. of the linemen right? Maybe they're getting some Joe's cheese fries, but they're not getting. You know what I mean? They're not getting right sweet pepper bacon cheese fries. God be, but they're not getting the same type of deal. And if you want to go to Michigan, props to him. But I do think back to, okay, at the end of the day, the average overall recruits grade for AM is a 94.1, right? Mm-hmm. The average overall recruit ranking for Oklahoma State is 87.5. So we're not that far off. Like, like, it's not like they're, you know, 100 and we're 70, right? right. And And, and and to talk about the difference between OU and Texas, we're all within like, you know, three points of each other on the average recruiting ranking guy. And then a bunch mm-hmm. of other factors go into this too. Do we have that many guys leave where we have enough scholarship offers to offer other guys? Right. Do we have transfers come in where offers, you know, do we mm-hmm. a bunch of this other stuff? So you have a good recruiting year. Well, it looks like they had a pretty decent one because they're top 10 in the country, but then again, maybe it's not because they have zero five stars and every other, team on the list has a five-star including kentucky at number 11 and mizzou at number 12
1: so yeah i think kentucky got like a offensive lineman or something he was rumored to flip to OU, but he didn't um hey but,
0: one stoops brother kept him and the other Stoops yeah. brother couldn't get in there and that graham you but, know, bob's the interim
1: so like if if i were to ask you i have i have the list pulled up here but if i were like I I will say this on the contingency of a five-star. I think the type of five-star that OSU would get is something along the lines of probably a safety like that defensive back type. I think wide receiver. I was thinking offensive lineman. If there's like a five-star offensive tackle from Bigsby like that, I I, like if I hear a five-star, like I don't think, Because to me, like we can, you can go get four star wide receivers like hot, like hotcakes. Like they're just, they're everywhere. And we have probably, maybe outside of Ohio State, the best wide receiver coach in the country. So I'm not too worried. I guess like I'm not too worried about that position group because I know they're going to perform. It just matters of can we get them the ball. Do you
0: know how many four star wide receivers are in this current class? I mean, do, if you have a guess. I'm because I'm, I'm curious about this too. So I, I looked it up here since so we've been going.
1: Uh, <clears throat> how many four-star wide receivers
0: are in this class? I'm not not including five stars. Uh, not including be, five
1: stars. By, I don't know, thirty to forty. My way over.
0: Uh, no, you're under, sir. It is fifty-two. Fifty-two four-star wide receivers. Guess how many five-star receivers there are in this class. Six. Two. We're not Missouri. We're not AM. We didn't get either of the two five star wide receivers, right? Like
1: So it was Missouri. Missouri got yeah, the five star yeah. wide receiver. Where's but, he from?
0: Oh, I let me scroll back up to the top <laughs> of this page because hang on a second. Um, also our five star wide receiver or excuse me, our four star wide receiver that we got is ranked better than the Alabama four star receiver, the Ohio State four star receiver, the Michigan, Clemson, Notre Dame, another Michigan, another Clemson, Ohio State, Bama. Oh, you. I mean, I like. I can keep going, right? Like this guy's yeah. ranked higher. He, he's the he second spoke. best wide receiver recruit we've ever had to Dez Bryant. Um, Stalen Shredden.
1: Hey, hey, Calvin. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I just, just for reference, this this five star wide receiver. that was oh, see got, where he's
0: from now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's he he went to East St. Louis High School. I feel like you
0: looked this up <laughs> earlier. You had <laughs> I, this ready. I did not.
1: You had I did this not. ready. Um.
0: You had this ready.
1: But. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) that's so funny. I actually did not. I bet he's from East St.
0: Louis. I know you didn't, but, you know.
1: (laughs) Um, but regardless. So, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty happy. We will be, we will be a very young offense next year. Um, outside of the quarterback position. Cause I think, don't we lose both running backs? Well, uh,
0: yeah, we lose Warren and Richardson.
1: And then, Des,
0: is it Des Jackson, right? Des Jackson, I think, is with it. Can I just have one second just to say, what happened to L.D. Brown? Where is L.D. Brown? Is L.D. Brown coming yeah. back? Is he a future program? He seems like a Chris Carson guy to me. You've said that several times. you said it before I ever said it. I, I said so, that a
1: very long time ago, too. You said that
0: when Chuba was rushing for 2,000 yards. Yeah. So, just a, just a question. L.D. Brown. We would love to have you on the podcast. I <clears throat> want to know what's up, man. How's your injury going? Are you fully healthy? I'll hit him up. See if he wants to join in for a pod. But with that being said, we are a good team. We are not a excellent team. So right. the recruits that we're getting are not the five stars. nor But that's never really mattered to us in the history mm-hmm. of State football. I hope it does matter to us here soon rather than later. And again, oh well, like I'm not, you know, I'm not, not too high, not too yeah. low in the whole deal. Um, it's recruiting, right? Like, all these guys are going to play meaningful minutes in college football that are for that are when they are able to get drafted, et cetera, in two to three years from now. So
1: yeah, we'll see. But go ahead. Um, it looks like. And we still have a couple of guys that can return next year. Colby, Harvell, Peel. Um, he was hurt all year, correct?
0: Uh, I think for a while. Um was see he see the
1: one that was hurt most of the year.
0: Trey Sterling was hurt most of the year, though.
1: Is are the, I get them confused. Yeah. So Trey, Trey, Trey was Sterling. injured for
0: a while and then came back for the last two games.
1: Okay. So are you, are you they are both able to come back next year. Which one was the All-American? The Big 12 All-American. KPH,
0: yeah. Go be Harville Peel.
1: Okay. Harville Peel. So Trey Sterling was hurt a lot of the time. Um, so he can come back Harville Peel, Bernard Converse, who had a very good year, Brock Martin, Tanner McAllister, um, and Antoine, Brendan Evers, Trey Sterling, um, Tyron Irby and Siona Tsai. So they can all come back. We know that Rodriguez is gone. Harper is gone and Christian Holmes is gone. Um, which are all very good players, obviously, as we know, but <clears throat> that, um, we're, we're going to be very young at the wider at the running back position and the wide receiver position again, for that matter. Yeah. So, um, that it'll be interesting how that, uh, that can work out. However, I believe LD Brown and Josh Sills are still able to come back. I think Josh I just got to be going. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh Sills has got to be going. Yeah, because he's a uh, but LD Brown has his medical red shirt from this year, um, which we would love to have him back. But th- those two running backs that we got appear to be um, pretty good, as well as the Shetron Shetron guy,
0: um, the ninety fifth um, overall recruit in the country, Taylon.
1: Yeah, Taylon. Excuse me, Taylon Shetron. There's no R. And then his name. <clears throat> And then we also got a, um, we got Presley's younger brother, as yep. a lot of people Gary know. Garrett Rangel. Yeah, yep. Garrett Rangel. Four star
0: quarterback out of Frisco, Texas.
1: And then um, Tyrone Weber, who that'll be an interesting one. He's a, he's transferring from Juco, but he was the number four Juco player in the country.
0: Yep. Uh, number one in the state of, granted, Mexico. Roswell, is he bringing some alien life forms with him? um somebody's a six foot five dude two ninety four star um offensive tackle we need him we'll take it (laughs) you know yeah
1: and i've i've heard this deshaun brown kid is supposed to be very good as well
0: yeah so yeah um, he's um (coughs) although he was although he was a three-star jake you we know the huge difference right um what, what i think is interesting about this is just the breakdown by state eight out of oklahoma six out of texas one out of Kansas and one out of Missouri. So mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. and
1: The hard, the hard part for me, as you know, is, um, I I'm from Georgia. I live in Georgia and we usually have a good amount of five stars every year. So it, it, my expectations kind of have to, you know, adjust themselves. I mean, well, this, the Travis, the Travis Hunter kid today kind of blew up recruiting today. Yeah, well, um, you're from,
0: but but I'd, I'd say to this one, to anyone who's listening to the podcast, right? There's a couple <clears> of <throat> things, right? You're from SEC country. You right. played football growing up. Right. You were a fan of Florida when they won back-to-back national championships, and they also won a national championship in basketball in one of the same years. They won back-to-back in basketball and football.
1: They won back to back in basketball. They won. They won. Um, That's right. 2006, Tebow has, yeah. 2008.
0: Tebow has two. That's right. As well as Heisman. Thank you. Um, and you also have seen Kirby Smart take over for Mark Richt right. at Georgia. Yep. You've seen Florida have wild swings, ups and downs. This seems like a downtime, but you've been mm-hmm. a Florida fan. Um, but you've also seen Clemson on their rise as your. Right. One of you know, mo- mom your yeah, your grandparents, my mom's
1: went. a Clemson fan. Yeah. Right? My mom went to Clemson, so yeah.
0: for so, all you know, of With that all being says. said, I think that your expectations are great for this program. But I also think that those expectations are um not necessarily achievable in Big Twelve Country every single year by a team. Mm-hmm. Right. Like <clears throat> if like if we're Iowa State fans, we are so livid with Matt Campbell. How is Matt Campbell ever going to try to leave Iowa State after this season? This is supposed to be the season. And they fell flat on their face, Baylor making it to a bowl game. Right? Whereas Oklahoma right. State fans were going, Hey, uh, that Matt Campbell guy, he didn't do anything. Right? Now he beat right. us, so we can't be all that smug and arrogant. And I probably shouldn't have done the voice that enthusiastically, but it still is just a it's it's a tough, it's a tough time to be an Iowa State fan. Um, Oklahoma State, our one loss in the regular season, of course, before the Big 12 championship. we played the Mitchell Championship, shout out to OU for not making it, is basically that we, you know, we lost Iowa State, right? Like, that's the blemish on a resume of any resume we had and wish we hadn't, of course. But, I don't know. We can spend, we just spent 30 minutes talking about Oklahoma State and recruiting, right, and expectations. So why don't we, why don't I ask you this? How do you feel about the expectations for Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Fiesta Bowl,
1: January, Um. January 1st? You want me to be honest, or do you want me to lie?
0: What you can't ask this live on the podcast and expect me to tell. Jake, I want you to lie boldly, straight to my <laughs> face. I'm right here. I'm on one today, but I'd rather you tell me the truth and honest. Maybe follow um, it up not, with a lie
1: later on. I'm not very confident in this game. Um, um because we have a below average quarterback. And we just lost the best coach on our staff.
0: I I want to hit you with uh, two other things here. Okay.
1: Okay. He, Shane Notre. Ellingworth is starting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I had any insider info, I w- <laughs> I would drop it.
1: <laughs> I
0: should have gotten Ellingworth's uncle's number, phone number, been like,
1: Gar- hey, Garrett Rangel starting.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Garrett said he joined campus a little early. He's already suited <laughs> up and ready to go. Um. It's that Gundy kid. There's one of the Gundy kids that's on the roster, right? Um, we're not worried about his red shirt, right? Um, no, I, I would say this: Notre Dame's two best players, their defense, best defensive player, and their best offensive player, at least in their yeah, at least running back, are not playing the game. That helps. Yeah. We also we don't travel as well as Notre Dame. No one, almost no one travels as well as Notre Dame fan base. But it's still it's it's not not in Florida, right? It's not Indiana, the game. Mm-hmm. So I like those those couple of things going for us. The other big thing here is that Senator Sanders wants to start next year, like every game, and not have people just after him. He has to play well in this game. He knows point. it, right? Yeah. Now, do I think he'll start next year regardless if he comes back, which he's going to come back? Yeah, I think he'll start. I mean, you're not going to start the redshirt senior. That seems tough. Right. Yeah. The Reds are senior who led to the Big 12 championship and then a New Year's six bowl grant the lead. It's a strong <laughs> word there. Yeah. But I think, I think he's, you know, I think he's going to mm-hmm. start, but he's, he's got stuff to work on. He's got stuff to improve. He's, he knows he has to win back a little bit of the fan base. He knows he threw four interceptions last time he was out there. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Is, is Jalen Warren playing?
0: He is, he is healthy. He's looks, there is a good percent chance. he's going to okay. play. Everything I've so seen on Twitter says he is available to play. Now, whether he does or not, who knows?
1: Now, I will say, um, if you just casually stumbled upon our podcast, welcome. But don't watch this football game if you really, really like college football.
0: No, watch, no, watch this football game.
1: It is, it is going to be insufferably boring. <laughs> it's going
0: to be awesome. You're going to see a true loving affair between both teams as far as the, you know, the hugs and celebrations go at the line of scrimmage. There's not going to be a lot of play lo- action passing.
1: It's going to look like XFL football.
0: <laughs> I don't... there will be a lot of running. Lot there will not running. be a lot of passing the football. Um, There'll be a lot of quarterback but, option, a lot of halfback reads. I, yeah. I don't think... It's not going to be XFL. It's not going to be bad quality. It's going to be good quality just on two weird sides I, of the ball.
1: I do worry about the defense, though. I do Um, not the players, but didn't Mike Gundy have a quote where he said, I don't know who's going to call the defense. And he said, they don't even have to know defense. They just have to be loyal and passionate.
0: Well, you know what that means to me?
1: Absolutely nothing.
0: Malcolm Rodriguez, (laughs) a fifth year senior on the team who's going out as an, you know, one of the best Mm -hmm. Oklahoma state defensive players we've ever had. Could as call as well. all the plays himself. <clears throat> That's what that means. Might as
1: well. I mean. Will unless, he be calling all unless, the plays himself? Doubtful. Unless they get Jim Knowles on the phone and he's watching the game on TV or something.
0: I I have a Jim Knowles rebuttal here, but go
1: ahead. I'm I'm interested as to why he chose not to coach in the bowl game. Like I know I understand why but I'm interested as to why he chose not to. Does that make sense? Like, is, re- is recruiting that important for Ohio State <laughs> to where you're worried about you're not going to get some of the guys, you know?
0: <clears throat> I love how Wikipedia has the Jim Knowles photo of him when he was a defensive coordinator at Duke. And then he also was coaching at Cornell. In fact, I'm, mm-hmm. excuse me, he was, I don't know if you know this, Jim Knowles was the head coach he was, at Cornell. Am I clicking on the right, Jim Knowles?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was the head coach at Cornell.
0: From 04 to 2009. He had a 26-34 yeah. record. Um, go Jim Knowles. I Listen, my, my key thing with Jim Knowles is that he has one incredible season as defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State. It was this past mm-hmm. season when he has a bunch of seniors and a bunch of guys on the roster who are extremely talented. Trace Ford... Knock on every single piece of wood we have, shake every single lucky charm we have, but that guy is talented and he will make it to the NFL, make it to the league, um, if he can stay healthy, right? But that's not gonna hurt you on defense. Malcolm Rodriguez is not gonna hurt you on defense. I'm not putting I'll, all I'm not calling
1: Oliver. <laughs>
0: calling Oliver. I'm not putting all my eggs in the Jim Knowles is the greatest head coach, greatest defensive coordinator of all time, and we will be insufferable without him. I am putting mm-hmm. a percentage into that for this bowl game because there's clearly going to be a change and a transition. But I am not going, our off. Our defense goes from being pretty darn elite, best in the Big 12, to middle of the Big 12, right? Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm not, I'm definitely not saying bottom, but I'm not saying our defense drops off so much just because a defensive coordinator leaves for the bowl game. Now, does it drop off next year? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. We're losing key guys on the defense, on the defense. We're losing, um, you know, we had a cornerback and Christian Holmes start almost every single game, or actually every single game this year that I can remember. We have uh Bernard Converse on the other side, senior, start almost every single game. If those guys don't come back, that really hurts. Rodriguez, yeah. there's no way he's coming back. Colby Hoffer appeal, almost no real reason he'd come back, except for unless he wants to really run it back. Right. I think our defense next year will be bad because we're losing a lot of great guys. I don't think our defense next year is going to be bad because <clears> of <throat> Jim Knowles leaving. I do think it'll take a step back regardless, but I think there's a lot of options Options with that. And I also want to tweak in a little bit of Gundy praise and hiring Jim Knowles in the first place. I mean, this guy's a Duke defensive coordinator inside linebacker coach in 2017. Gundy grabs him. He comes to coaches Oakland State for three years. And then he gets a pay raise of a million dollars and goes to a <laughs> and goes to a blue bud program in the country. Right. I mean, would you, let me ask you this, this question, and then I'll, I've been monologuing here for a second. So I got to stop talking at some point, but would you rather be the defensive coordinator at Ohio state or the head coach at a um, middle tier or bottom five power five school? You, you personally. Not, not, not anything else with it. Would you rather be right. a defensive coordinator at a blue blood or a middle tier head coach? And middle I mean, tier meaning like TCU ish. You know? TCU to tech. Somewhere in there.
1: I would probably rather be the head coach. And the only reason I say this is because I think location makes a lot of like if you were to say I don't know. I'll say this
0: way. You get to be either head coach at OSU or your defense coordinator at OSU. And I don't mean OSU, Oklahoma State; I mean Oregon state. Which would you rather do?
1: Probably at Oregon state
0: head coach. And I, th- but I think yeah. that's your personality. I think that's you as a person. I also would rather be a head coach <laughs> just because it's on me. Anything happens it's on me. I'm not fighting with anyone else's decisions, but can't I say would we wouldn't think about our, it.
1: Can't say I we would enjoy think about if our head coach said that it's on me, but. You know, <laughs> sorry, I had to, I had to, that um, the, the, the it, CGA
0: tour podcast, your head coach of the Oklahoma state football team.
1: We take accountability. Um, we take accountability no,
0: seriously
1: every day. Yeah. I'm a man. Um, but I just, the, the Vegas stuff from the Notre Dame game. Um, it's probably exactly pretty similar to what we thought it would be. Um, Notre Dame is favored right now by two and a half, and the over under is 45 and a half. A couple stats for you. Um, Notre Dame averages about five more points than we do. We give up about two less points than they do. They have 13 more, they average 13 more yards offensively. This is the big kicker, Calvin. They give up almost 70 more yards defensively than we do Notre Dame. Yes. Hell yeah, they do. And, and mind you, this Notre Dame team almost lost to Florida state and Toledo. Yep. So it, it's not so much that I am down on us. I'm just a little bit more weary. Um, Based on strength of schedule, um, Oklahoma state actually, if I'm reading this correctly, had the 14th hardest schedule this year and Notre Dame had the 18th. I don't know how Notre Dame strength of schedule is as high as it is because they played nobody um, outside of Wisconsin, but whatever in Cincinnati. Um, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, there, there's your uh, little little stats, stats for the game. Um, I like it. Did we want predictions on this one yet?
0: I I gotta say, I, the, the jersey thing, I lost track. So if you've been listening and following along the whole season, I didn't win it. Jake might have won it. Alexi might have won it. I lost track completely. At some point down the well, line. Nobody cared at all about me and the graphics for it, and I lost track.
1: Yeah, we'll have to do the uh, Excel sheet or something like that.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll get it booted up here. Maybe we'll do one for the bowl season, too, just for every single bowl game, and we'll see where it that goes. That would be fun. Yep, and we'll just do it that way. College football, pick them.
1: Just, like, fire from the hip.
0: Uh, just, well, like, just, Cal-
1: yeah. Calvin reads it off, and then you're like, Hawaii, and no thought. I don't have I to provide any justification. Just... I know it. yeah yeah um prediction do we want a prediction on this game yeah, yeah why I why guess. not at
0: the yeah forty two minute mark here why not just um, one out?
1: it's it's um it's New year's day at one o'clock prime time for me honestly um just it'll be great because I can roll out of bed eleven new- eleven
0: a.m time local which In Phoenix or Glendale? That
1: is true. Are we sure?
0: I'm sure. I'm going to the
1: game. I'm. Oh, that's right. Because don't they do like weird, like uh, what Arizona Arizona does? Hawaii
0: don't. Don't think daylight time is a thing.
1: Yeah. They thought Benjamin Franklin. They need to do their own research. Sorry. Um, So many (laughs) games. But if I had to make a prediction for this game, I would pro. I'm not picking Notre Dame, obviously, because you know this is an oklahoma state podcast. I would probably go oklahoma state 2421. So you're choosing oklahoma state to win. I don't yeah, you're
0: yeah, we're good. Um we're good. I don't think we're going to win by 30. I just think we're going to win.
1: Yeah. It'll it'll be interesting and I I really like Marcus Freeman as well. So it'll be cool to see him coach that game. Um I always think it's that's one of the cool things when you hire from within that quickly, and then he basically just gets to seamlessly coach the bowl game. I think that's really cool because yeah. you don't see it very often.
0: No, you don't. Especially with that that young of a guy being the head coach at Notre Dame, that's pretty darn cool too. Um, you know what? We have a streak here of winning bowl games in a row. Last year, of course, we beat Miami by three. Um, in the Cheez It Bowl. The year before that, we lost to Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl. And then the three years before that, we won the Alamo Camping World Bowl, Liberty Bowl. So I'm gonna say we win this one. But um, I'm gonna say it's like 21 to 17. I I, mean, I that think was it's a lower n- score. That was
1: my first score. I that think was, it's a lower but, score. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I uh, no, don't. There's no way it's. Yeah.
1: No way it's close. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think it's going to be very high scoring at all. I would go, I would go to the game, but I think, um, when I looked flights out to Phoenix, what did I say? were like $500 or something like that.
0: Yeah. Can y'all chill with the flight prices <laughs> around the holidays? Sincerely everyone ever
1: just have, sincerely like, just bowl season like how are we supposed to get places well so
0: my, my remember Patrick his uh his dad went to Notre Dame and he's going back okay. over the holidays and so I nice. asked Patrick and he'll be on the podcast here later this week and I asked him I said hey would you like to um go to the Notre Dame game I'm driving there from LA you know, I'm driving there from mm. Glendale it's like five and a half hours it's way cheaper than a flight though and he's like "Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it but he's going home. So he was like, oh, maybe I'll fly from DFW direct to, because he's going home to Dallas area, direct to Fe- Glendale. How, you know, Phoenix, how how expensive could it be? Southwest has it one way. Southwest Airlines, not JetBlue, mm-hmm. not or not not first class seating. They have it for like 500 bucks one way. It's, it's insane. Maybe it will come down to like, it's still, and no matter which way you book it, it still is like 250 bucks. So. Shout out there. Yeah. Yeah. all the airlines for um, having the most expensive pricing we've ever seen on I,
1: flights. So, I, for some reason, I completely blanked. Um, the bowl game in Atlanta this year is, uh, always, as always, is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Very original name there. Um, very on brand.
0: You guys have your peaches out in Georgia, right? Shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it is... Pitt in Michigan state, Uh. which I think would actually be a very fun game to go watch if the ticket prices are according. So I, I will probably look into that, um, and drag Diana with me so she can get like, I don't know, food or whatever. Um, but yeah, it'll be, yeah, just lower flight prices. Please, <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely everyone
0: all the time ever. <laughs> I
1: mean. Yeah, like I have to, I have to settle with Pitt and Michigan State instead of going to, you know.
0: You've hyped it's, this I, game I, up. You you've told everyone this is a must-watch Oklahoma State Notre Dame game. So everyone wants to go see it. That's why the flight prices yeah. are so high. That's You're why really the endorsing so the high. flight pricing, yeah. uh
1: they probably, as soon as they see Notre Dame's in their bowl game, they're like jack those things
0: up. <laughs> Notre Dame. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyone who wants to see this game, it's three hundred dollars more expensive to come on off. <laughs> Immediately, hit the hit the plus button. But but, sir, this seems expensive. Hit the plus. I mean, it's just its yeah. just ridiculous. Um. Well, all right. Well, well, I got a couple things here to to run through here at the end. I want to ask you, Oklahoma State basketball, you've been looking kind of iffy, kind of yeah. iffy. I mean this this team coming into this season, re- barring the announcement we won't make the postseason. I was thinking this team would make it turning run a mm-hmm. little bit won a game or two, maybe that I mean, we weren't going to go that far, but who knows? We had a five-star Bryce Thompson transfer. knew it would take him a little bit of time to get acclimated, but we have a bunch of other guys just playing good basketball coming back. Yeah. And um, we lost to Xavier the other night, which not necessarily a bad loss. They're a pretty good team. but We've also dropped a couple of games now where I'm like, ah, that's
1: not a good loss at all.
0: We've. How do you feel about the basketball team?
1: We've lost to potentially two tournament teams. We are seven and three, right? I believe I'm correct on that. Seven and three. Um, I watched most of the Cleveland State game, which was not thrilling. But
0: we we've Wait, lost to which. We, we went to overtime against Cleveland State, right? Yeah. And we won by yeah, five. Not, that was a thrilling game from a. It was a, from a neutral point of view. But it was not a fun game to watch, Oakland State fan. I got you. No. I got you. I I Um, I hear it loud and clear.
1: We lost to Xavier and. um, Wichita Wichita State. State, um, Which could be. And Oakland, but I'm getting to them. Which could be two tournament teams. Um, Xavier will probably most definitely go to the tournament. Um, Wichita State probably needs to have a pretty solid year. Um, I'm not. Exactly up on my Missouri Valley mm-hmm. conference. Uh, I apologize. Um, they're still in the Missouri Valley, right? Or do they change?
0: We'll get them next time. <laughs> <We'll get>
1: them. <laughs> um, and then we lost to, I'm checking right now. Cause I, you know, what, just not exactly. Lost, what, oh, you're, yeah, you're. They're in the American athletic conference.
0: Oh, the other AAC. All right. Yeah.
1: The other AAC. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the Oakland game pissed me off more than anything. I showed you that game. They did a pump fake, three jump into Avery Anderson, draw the foul, hit free throws, and that was the end of it. Um, nine times out of ten, we don't lose that game, but that we did. Yeah, that's so, one more. So for getting... um, Xavier, we lost by five. S-
0: Six just uh, I'm not, I'm not a six. I'm not trying to throw some salt on the wound. but seventy-seven to seventy-one. Not very good at not very good at math. It's I've never um, been, so I'm not one to call you out on that. The free throw but, perspective of things we're going to talk about, though, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, when I'm on here talking about basketball, I'm about to talk about free throws. Um,
0: the free throw disparity in the game was bad.
1: It was plus fifteen, if I'm not mistaken, for Xavier. That math was excellent. Yep. Yeah, so Xavier had a plus 15 free throw margin. Yep,
0: they took 31. Oklahoma State took 16.
1: And we lost by seven. I mean, that, and we're at home. I it, think, like, if we're at Xavier, you're like, okay, whatever. But we're at home.
0: Well, and I would say this, too. 15 isn't a huge margin. We've seen worse, guaranteed, whenever anyone plays KU. But <sighs> they made 13 more free throws than we did. So that's the game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's the game. It's yeah. the game. They outscored us by um, 10 in
0: the second half. And they scored seven more points in the first half than they did the second half. We scored seven less points in the second half than we did the first half. That's a weird stat, but I just wanted to throw it out there in the game.
1: Right. So, that that's really frustrating. Um, the Wichita State loss, we just looked like garbage. There's nothing much to that. Um, I I think... It's pretty clear to me that this decision has to be weighing on these kids, on not kids, but you know, it it has to be weighing on them. And they're eighteen; they
0: can serve in the army. They are grown ass men, right? Yeah, yeah, apparently. That's what Um, every single sports guy would tell you.
1: It's that's hard. That's hard when you get your season ripped away at the beginning of the year, and there's nothing you can do about it, and. I don't want to say they have nothing to play for, but if you just look at it through a pretty easy lens, they really don't. Like if you look at it from an Oklahoma state lens, they don't have much to play for you. And I would both love to see them go get drafted or go play in Europe or whatever's best for them. You and I are both behind that. But if you're just looking at it from like, like, what am I playing I'm I'm playing for money at this point. Like that, that's, that's what these guys are doing. They're playing to hopefully get a paycheck in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. That's not very conducive to team basketball being successful. It's just not. And I'm not saying any of these guys are being selfish or any of that. I'm just saying it's, it can't be a very positive environment for these guys. It can't Boynton included.
0: Yeah. um, I'll, I'll end up with this. Ice Likely. Isaac Likely. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great dude. I think he represents the program off the court extremely well for Oklahoma State. But he he's a liability on offense. I think defensively, he's pretty darn good. I'm not going to take away anything from yeah. his defense. I think he plays defense way better than I could ever imagine. Myself playing or anyone playing. But... The offensive stuff that he clearly has had to work on since he joined the team is tough to deal with so last year he takes a total of 168 shots last year he's a six foot five kind of point guard small forward hybrid because he ends up usually guarding a small forward on the other team but he plays piece mm-hmm. a ball handler for us um 18 of his 168 shots last year were from three um a six foot five guy you just can't can't be doing that. Um. Now he made eight. He made eight of them. So he's forty four point four percent from three last year, which is I don't which think is which, which is great. Which is which is great. Not bad. This how year many were ba-
1: how many were banks?
0: I have no idea. Um. Great question. He but he's had. But my thing would be is that he's the three point percentage. Just yeah. You know, I mean, was a was you know he's he shot a lot of threes his first year. He shot twenty five second year he shoots 14 last year he shoots 18 this year through 10 games he's already shot seven. he's won a seven it's such a small sample size I don't even want to go into percentages right like he hasn't ne- right. he's never shot 30 threes in a season. so more to be desired right
1: and it, it, it's it's weird because it's like every game we play we have like a new way that we are just not going to look good. but like but, one game well, will look incredible do- offensively we will score 90-whatever points and then can't play defense.
0: Right, right. My key thing here with Ike will be the free throws. Um, So last year, he's going to take less free throws. Kate Cunningham's going to drive the ball a lot more because Kate Cunningham's Kate Cunningham. And he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more, period. But his free throw percentage has pretty much gotten worse since he joined the team. Um, First year, 65%. Second year, 66%. So we're talking, I mean, and when you do the point percentage, he's at 0.4% better from free throw from his freshman to sophomore year. Then last year, he's 57% this year so far through 22 free throws. He's at 50%. You just can't have that when you're a guy who's that physical, who looks like a middle linebacker running through people. You just can't because he's going to get foul calls, right? Yeah. He's at 66 points over 10 games. That's 10 points. A, that's six points a game. 6.6 points a game.
1: Right and and something that seems we've always struggled with free throws too.
0: But well, like and I don't mean to high just to harp just on him, and I wouldn't if he wasn't a senior in this program who has played ninety four games for Oklahoma State so far in four years and he started ninety of them. He averages for his career thirty minutes a game. Like, love you Ike. I I think you're a great dude. I could say more and more about it. But man, it is—it's tough to look at these stats and go, "Yeah, he's gonna be a dude somewhere." I don't. It's just—it's just tough because it's. We'd rather you and I both may or may not agree, but a backcourt of Avery Anderson and Bryce Williams and Bryce Thompson sounds like a
1: really good backcourt
0: comparatively. Yeah,
1: it, it's almost like, for lack of a better comparison, um, it's almost like likely needs to be like a Ben Simmons. But obviously he's just not as tall. Obviously, he, like
0: he just needs to hit free throws. Like I'm well, not ben even Simmons I'm not even about the three either. Ben Simmons cannot. But I'm not even about the three pointers. Like if like hey threes in college that's a dime a dozen. And it can go really well, it can go really poorly, whatever. Just gotta gotta be better than that from you know, from the free throw aspect. Yeah. So that's just the End all be all. You can't be fifty percent from from the stripe. Charity stripe for a
1: reason. The hard part for for Calvin and I am not meaning to speak for you, but the hard part for us is we both love Oklahoma State basketball a lot. At times, probably more than football. Um, It's hard this year. It just is. It's hard to be one of the first programs in a long time that. Could still be, could still go to the tournament record wise and not be able to, I mean, if we could have self-imposed our ban that year, we went to the NIT. I'm sure we would have. Shout out to Auburn for doing that. Um, in their 13 win season, but whatever. So we're kind of doing this because I wanted to run through, um, our, our upcoming schedule, um, which is an absolute gauntlet, hopefully not a slaughter, um, because it's just, it's very good. Um, we play Houston, um, on, was that Saturday, right? Yep. Yep. Houston on Saturday, USC on Monday at Texas tech, let me let me put the rankings. Houston's 14th, USC is 10, that is Southern California, not South Carolina. Texas Tech at Texas Tech on New Year's, Kansas at home on the 4th, at Texas on the 8th, or Texas at home on the 8th at West Virginia on the 11th, at Baylor on the 15th. And then TCU at home at Texas, Iowa State at home at Florida. Those are our upcoming games. That is rough. I mean, and especially because like Iowa state is all of a sudden Iowa State again, right? Like they're all of a sudden good, at really good again. Um, they haven't lost this year. Um, granted they haven't exactly played the most demanding schedule, but they beat it. They beat Xavier. Um, they beat number nine Memphis at the time, who we know is not that good. Um, they won at Creighton. They won versus Iowa at home. So they have a couple good wins, probably some better wins than we have, which is fine. Um, but yeah, that it's going to be a tough basketball season this year. It will be, who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe in hindsight, we will be like, okay, this was probably the year that it would have been good that a had. I hope so. Well, I don't hope so, but I do hope so, you know, double edged sword.
0: We've got a younger team.
1: Mm-hmm. Avery
0: could come back next year. We could have a lot of stuff working for us, but I think both of us were expecting a lot more out of this team just earlier on. We didn't expect the Xavier game to go the way it did, but we also kind of maybe did. We didn't definitely didn't think going into the season, Cleveland state was going to take us to overtime at home. Nor do we think which Wichita uh, State, which is not a projected tournament team currently. We're going to lose two by nine at home and only score 51 in the game. But then on the other flip side here, I got to say, we, you know, we, we travel away. It's on some weird network, et cetera. But we beat, um, you know, in the Basketball Hall of Fame Showcase, we beat uh, UMass, right? That That's a team that every year is decent. We beat NC State every year. They're pretty darn good. Jim Valvano's all over TV right now because everyone should donate to the Jimmy V Week, but we beat them right Um, in the Big, Big East Big 12 battle, which I didn't know was that's th- it was the name to think. No, was that, was,
1: that was Xavier. We played Xavier in that.
0: Oh, so the Basketball Hall of Fame is NC State, and then the Basketball Hall of Fame Showcase is UML. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Why is it all below the... Anyways... Regardless, we didn't think we'd. I I didn't think we'd. I did not think in the game that we would be scoring 96 points in a game. And then two games later, we'd score 51 against against another five players on the court. It's not like we only, you know, it's not like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, Charleston, whatever whatever the name is, only had four guys that we're going up against. Um, Yeah, the Charleston Cougars. So be happy for us, but also be annoyed for us at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, Jake, with all that being said here, um, we never even got to preventibles. We never even got to them. Hey, preventibles. guess what? Oh, you didn't get to you either until Lincoln Riley left to USC. So that's how much you mean to them. <laughs> Follow out the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. We'll catch you guys again soon. And, uh, do you have any final comments? I just left that on just after the mic drop.
1: Uh, the USC has the 99th rated recruiting class this year. Wait really Nine, 99 yes almost 100
0: don't they have a couple of five stars i don't know i thought they had at least a five star how can you...
1: but it appears brent venables you've could have got the last you've lap.
0: got 30 seconds or the the, the show ends 30, 30 seconds. seconds yeah that, that's when the song ends so the show ends in 30 seconds <laughs> Let's see. USC currently has the 10th. 81st. USC has the 10th rated recruiting class <laughs> in the Pac 12. Only uh, teams <laughs> worse than them are Arizona State and Washington. They have one Yikes. five star, and UCLA is the fifth overall recruiting class, just for comparison. So USC is behind Washington State, Cal, Oregon State, Colorado, UCLA, Oregon, Arizona, Oregon, and of course, Stanford. And Washington State. I don't know if I said that already. But thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you guys soon <laughs> soon. Peace. See
1: oh ya.